Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker Show on a Monday, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming. You guys are lively today. 704-570-9610 are the numbers to hit up. Let us know what is on your mind. Before we jump into the campus corner, didn't get a chance to address it on Friday, but definitely wanted to give an RIP to Dick Butkus, the Pro Football Hall of Famer for the Chicago Bears. Listen, man. Died at the age of 80, lived a great life, man. But this was one of the guys, especially coming up when I first started getting into football, always known as one of the most fearful, arguably known as the greatest middle linebacker of all time. Certainly, if you put together an all-time NFL team, he would be a part of it. Just a mean cuss, as my coach would say. And uh, he was an original monster of the midway. So RIP to Buck, because I know it's a bit belated, but had to give the Hall of Famer uh, his flowers really quick, man, because he was big time. Well, and Friday was a crazy show. Crazy. We were over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval weekend, which was bumping this weekend. Lots of people having a lot of fun. I was at the Walmart at Concord Commonplace yes, for Quaker State. Shout out Shell. We had a fun time over there at the booth, but yes, that was a, a lot of fun although chaotic talking about our favorite paint schemes that's why we didn't get to it but yes r.i.p dick butkus who i would say best football name of all time it's one of them man red grange is a good one that's but a great one i'm gonna go with dick butkus as the best football name that i've ever heard in my life yeah man and he was certainly uh, a great football player that lived up to it but now it is time to go to the campus Kona. all right College football this weekend across the area. Not a ton of games, but uh, some games that still had some importance nonetheless. And so when we look at uh, what happened over the landscape, especially when you're talking locally, ACC teams, SEC, whatever the case may be, just a quick overarching glance at the weekend. You want to talk about the biggest winner of the weekend? I'm going to go with the Tar Heels, and I know that I chose uh, Syracuse to upset them, but for them to come out, drop 40 like they did, you get Tez Walker back in the mix. I think this is a good sign for them going forward, and I'm starting to come around on on Carolina. The defense, something I never thought would get to the level in which they're playing right now, not that they're playing you know, top 10 in all of college football type of defense, man, but you hold Syracuse to seven points. Uh, a week after what Clemson was able to do to him as well. And Carolina's defense, too, when I watched that game, they're playing with a lot of swagger. Uh, You can just see it permeating throughout that defense. Cedric Cedric, Gray and the crew. Yeah, I was about to say, flying around, man. They're creating turnovers. They're causing a lot of havoc. So you have to like what you saw from the Tar Heels. Drake May had that Drake May game that you were looking for, 442 passing yards and three touchdowns. 
I mean, even if you take away his worst throw of the day was the biggest play of the day when he missed. I, I think it was uh, it was Pesor, I believe, who was able to bring that in when he throws it behind him on a slant. But then he just takes it to the house after he juggles it. Even if you take that play away from Drake May, about 370 yards. I mean, he was phenomenal. Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst, said that was probably his best game of the season to this point. So crazy stats. Yes. North Carolina, not the wrong answer. I want to be different, though, so we can try to pick and choose a couple of these other games that happened. I think Louisville actually is my real answer, though. Okay. Louisville getting a 33-20 win over Notre Dame. Monster victory for them. And I think if you go back, and I was talking about being wrong. Some people on the text line want us to admit when we're wrong about some stuff. Yes. Hey, I'll admit this one. I didn't think Louisville was going to beat Notre Dame. I thought the Fighting Irish were actually going to win by something like 10 or more. I thought it would be pretty comfortable, and I was way wrong on that. Louisville's offense, they came out. They ran the football very well. Something that they weren't really able to do, putting points up on the board against NC State. Yeah. This is the this is the weird thing that the ACC always is every single year, right? I should have seen it coming, but I just didn't. When NC State holds Louisville to 13 points, I don't expect Louisville to put up 33 on what is a better defense. I know NC State's defense is good. Every year, they're at least baseline good. But then NC State gives up what like 40 to Marshall and they hold Louisville to 13 but then Louisville puts up 33 on Notre Dame that has a better defense it's hard to try to make all of that make sense still Louisville being ranked number 25 beating a top 10 opponent like Notre Dame give me Louisville as the biggest winner oh man they came out second consecutive year they beat a top 10 opponent which was the Wake Forest Demon Deacons the year before led by Sam Hartman they sacked him five times uh, held Notre Dame to 44 yards on the ground uh, big-time game by the Louisville Cardinals. So, uh, the biggest loser of the weekend. And, Shrop, I'm going to let you uh, kick this thing off and just let the fans hear the call uh, before I go into <laughs> my biggest loser of the weekend. Let's play the hits. Here's King from the pocket. Flush to his right with six. Five. Going to loop it downfield. And ball is caught. Touchdown, Georgia Tech. With one second to go in the ball game, Christian Leary. say it. it needs to be said that's one of the biggest coaching mistakes <laughs> at this level that i have ever seen in my lifetime man Hasselbeck I mean, was beside himself the whole time he was and that analysis that he gave was just it was off the chain and it was spot on because for those of you who don't know the miami hurricanes were ahead of georgia tech 20 to 17 and then they had the ball with 33 seconds to go, a 2017 lead, 33 seconds left on the clock. All Miami had to do was kneel the ball in victory formation. Georgia Tech had zero timeouts. <laughs> and granted, yes, Don Chaney Jr. fumbled the ball. You felt bad. The kid was just beside himself on the sidelines. But instead of kneeling the ball, they decided to run the ball. And Don Chaney was stripped of said ball. Georgia Tech got it back. The defense isn't without culpability either. They give up a short drive to Georgia Tech in which Georgia Tech went a long way in a short time. And they took an L. And Miami's kids were out there. And they were just... You would have thought they lost the national championship, Georgia Tech to be exact. I'm sorry, went 75 yards in two plays before Haynes King threw 
uh, what would be the game-winning touchdown pass. And so, yeah, that was awful. Let's hear from Mario Cristobal why he said he made the decision he made. Mario, why did you guys take a knee on that? And when the drive started, it was going to be a 157, you know, and um, we were burned about 127 off, and then it was recalibrated. Um, I should have taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down, and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough to shoot on take a knee. That's it from the wall 25. I mean, that was a bad loss for the Canes. That's my biggest loser of the weekend. That definitely has thrown a big monkey wrench into their ACC championship hopes, even though they can still get there. Yeah. And then college football playoffs in it, you can forget that. that. That's the only way that you could argue a Notre Dame being the biggest loser of the weekend. And if we're going in the ACC, then it has to be Miami or anybody locally. It has to be Miami. Cristobal, you you had the game won. It was actually a win. This should be a W in the win-loss column, and you decided that you were going to run one more play. Now, Charlotte-born GJ, he writes in on the text line, I'm no Miami fan, but that was no fumble. It's true. If you go back and look at it, his knee was down. That is in no way the point. I've never seen that before, where you had a win locked up, but it's almost like you're playing Madden with your buddies where you just call off kneels altogether. I don't know if I've ever run a QB kneel in my lifetime on Madden. And I feel like Mario Cristobal went Madden. And you're the smarter coach. <laughs> I don't feel – and I honestly, I haven't lost ever in Madden, in college football, with a running when there was less than 45 seconds left on mm-hmm. the overall clock. I haven't lost like that. I have. And <laughs> see? But you get it, right? Does he know that he wasn't using any joysticks to play out there? These are real dudes that you're playing, that you're going out there. They they are not going to control the football because you were able to dodge a hit stick from your buddy laying along right side you on the couch. I don't understand what was going on with Cristobal here. I thought the excuse for it was lame. There's no excuse. And big-time kudos, as you mentioned, to Tim Hasselback, who is mentioning it in real time. He is telling you, as they're not in victory formation, he's telling you, they need to kneel this football. I don't understand what's going on. And then he called. He was just, he was so silent. And then he lets the moment breathe a little bit, just the, the broadcasting etiquette. And then after he says, look, I'm just going to call it what it is. Worst coaching blunder I've ever seen in my entire life at this level. And the thing was, he'd done it before when he was at Oregon. He'd done the exact same thing, and he tried to defend it and was just like, you know, uh, the decision was made, and they stuck by it. I believe it was Oregon and Stanford a few years back. He did the exact same thing, and that's why fans were just roasting him, saying that he had no idea what the victory formation was. He had no inclination to call that. Plus, not to mention, it had been raining. It was a little slick out there. I don't get the thinking of it at all. Well, And and even when you want to say they didn't really fumble it, the refs, quote-unquote, gave that game to Georgia Tech because of that, when you decide to run the football, you, you extend the game when it's already locked up. So that means you allow some of these outlier possibilities to still exist. We've all seen the graphic of ESPN saying the 99.9 winning percentage drops to the other team. We've seen those types of upsets before, and you allowed that to live. Can I give you one other big loser, though? Okay. We we can both agree it's Miami. That's a horrible way to lose. I'm going to go Sam Hartman as another one. Talk about allowing things to live. The Sam Hartman can't perform in the big game narrative. It lived this weekend. Okay. The offensive line, you're right. It's not very good for Notre Dame, despite a lot of people saying how good it is every single year. 
I'm going to give you the record that Sam Hartman has against Louisville. The Cardinals, for some reason, that is his kryptonite. If you view him oh, as any kind of Superman, I know you know. I'm going to tell the people. <laughs> no, I said I know his record against Louisville, too. Go ahead. It's real bad. In this this year, 2023, this weekend, two touchdowns, three interceptions, L. 2022, one touchdown, three interceptions, L. Actually win in 2021. But how about in 2020, he had his lowest completion percentage in nine starts against Louisville, L. His first start of 2019. Who does it come against? Louisville. What happens? They get an L. They lose. The first start of the season. What's crazy is he actually, the first game he ever played, he got a win in 2018. But after that, it's been mostly pain. And the big game narrative arises again. And Notre Dame not going to be playing for a playoff spot after they barely survive, even against a team like Duke. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame, those are also some big old losers. Listen, Sam gone Sam. And later on (laughs) in the show, Notre Dame fans, I got plenty of smoke for you on this microphone. And real quick as we go to break, guys, stop with the conspiracy nonsense about the Georgia Tech Miami game. Ain't no way in hell the ACC wanted Georgia Tech to beat Miami and knock a potential big market team out of the ACC championship race or really put a big damper on that. There was nothing to gain by anybody for Georgia Tech and Miami. So please stop with the the, the gambling stuff and all this utter nonsense. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker show, Ben Johnson, Did a great job yesterday calling plays for the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about him and other head coaching candidates that the Panthers might have missed out on. That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.